Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Now, now listen, church, we've come to a portion of Scripture, chapter 12, that has either been skipped over by a lot of people, okay, they've just, they just like, we're, we're, we're not going to deal with this, or uh, a lot of this has been taken out of context and actually uh, basically abused or actually misused. You go, really? Yeah, see, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul, if you will, in writing to the Corinthian church, has now changed subjects for just a bit. And the last time we were together was 2019 in December, but in chapter 11, remember, he was addressing worship, okay? He was addressing the worship services, and, and, and just for us, he was addressing what, what was going on here in, in church. And in the last few verses of chapter 17, if you recall, he, he really wanted to address the communion service, okay, the Lord's Supper. And so he really is talking to this church. You and I are just gleaming just great nuggets of truth to help us in our goal. But if you recall, Paul actually praised them in, in verse 1 of chapter, uh, verse 1, just praised them, right? But in chapter 17, he says, now listen, I praised you up in verse 1. You guys are doing great. But in, in, in verse 17, he says, I'm not pleased at all. He says, here's the picture I'm getting. You guys are coming together for church. And he says, and it's bringing out the worst in you, not the best. And that's not a church I want to be a part of. I don't want to be a part of a church that comes in and we're fighting and there's drama and there's rah, 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 rah. He says, I want to come to church and I want to see my brothers. I want to see those that I'm going to spend eternity with. And I want a high five and I want, man, I want the best to me. And that's what he says. And he says, you know, and to some extent, he says, man, I believe it. If you recall, guys, there were, there were divisions in the body of Christ. As a matter of fact, as Paul writes, he says this, I hear that there are divisions, another word is schisms, okay, among you when you meet in church. That's what he's saying, okay? And you go, well, Ben, 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 what was happening? Bring, bring me back, bring me back. What was happening? If you recall, during the worship services and communion, what was happening is they were having these pot blessings. We call them potlucks, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Everybody bring food and be like, hey, we're going to eat before church. This is going to be good. But the wealthier, more prominent people would come in and they would eat before the poor people came in. Okay? So they'd come in and they'd have all the, all, they'd, they'd be eating the filet mignon, everything, the, the good stuff that people bought. And then when the poor people, there was no food. And what was even crazier, and you, I know y'all won't believe this, but what was even crazier is that people were getting drunk before coming to church. You know, and we're just like, wow, those two just, that's like oil. This just doesn't mix, right? Oil and water is just, and, and so Paul goes, this is nuts. Why? That's just why we call it a messy church. Okay? Cause this is what happens to church. You go, what happens? You have a group of people who have lots of baggage get saved and they come in with their baggage. I'm here. I'm saved. I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and so it's messy. It's messy. And that's the one thing we need to take to heart, guys, is that, is that we're messy. It's okay. Is that God's working with us. We haven't arrived. We haven't, been, we haven't made it. It's just, it's a progress. And so again, this is what he's talking about. Now, here's what we need to understand, okay? Here's what we need to understand. The point of chapter 11 as a run and go is that the Lord wants us to take people seriously. And he wants to take our worship seriously. Let that sink in. 
Because that's not what the world tells us. That's not when we watch the news and we watch and we're involved in the world. The world says, man, you, you get yours. Watch out. Don't, don't, don't watch somebody, you know, but, but Paul says, listen, we need to take people seriously. The Imago Dei, you're made in God's image. He said, the second thing he says is that we need to take what? We need to take worship seriously. This is the worship of the Lord. There is nobody else we'll worship. Now, we, we, we are created to worship, so we'll worship stuff. We'll worship football teams. We'll worship music. We'll just, whatever we'll worship. But God says, but when you take my word, that should be serious. That should be something between you and the Lord. And what we've done to do is we, we've, we've said, okay, well, this is worship. Worship is when we start church to when pastor preaches. That's worship. No, worship is all the time, guys. In your home, in your car. While you're walking, the Bible says pray without ceasing. Praying is worship, and you're just, you're just talking to God. Don't we look like a bunch of crazies sometimes? Because we're, we're, just, we're just talking to ourselves. We're not talking to ourselves. We're talking to God, right? Lord, just work on me. And people are like, man, those people are strange. Yeah, be a strangey for Jesus. Amen? So, I mean, that's what I'm talking about, okay? So Paul changes direction right here. He's been talking about communion. But what he wants to do now is he wants to address spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts. Now, this is so important, guys, that I was like, okay, we're going to do through we're going to do one through 11. And the Lord's like, no, you're not. They need to understand the, the, the essence and the foundation of spiritual gifts. And I said, okay, Lord, so, so where are we going to go? He goes, you're going to do three verses, but you need to give, lay, lay a really good foundation because the church needs to know what the gifts are and what they mean. This is so important because here's why. Many people will forsake the gifts due to ignorance or abuse. You guys know what I'm talking about, okay? They'll be like, mm-mm. So what are we going to do? This morning, guys, we're going to slow down. We're going to cover three verses, okay? But, but I need to give you a lot of information, okay? I know this is not one of those, hey, this is an inspiration. Go out and get them. Let's go 2020. This is like, okay, this is something we need to understand moving forward in the next few months, okay? So here's what I got to tell you. You are not allowed to not come back next week, okay? You have to, this is, that's the rule because you got to understand. But I'll listen by podcast. That's okay. We're, you need to be here, okay? I'm just saying. So this morning, here we go, guys. Uh, let me take you back for just a moment, Okay. I want you to have the book in proper perspective. I want you to understand. Paul's dealing with five major problems, okay? Five major problems, okay? We've already tackled a few, but the first four chapters, remember, there were divisions in the church, okay? I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos, and they're just, they're just fighting in the church, and Paul's like, oy vey, right? He's just like, come on, guys, and he deals with it. He writes to them. In chapters five through seven, he addresses some other problems related to sex, to singleness, and even to marriage. Paul addresses those. Okay, there was some crazy stuff happening. Paul says, okay, I'm going to write these. In chapters 8 through 10, if you got, there was, there was a, he's going to write in relation to food, but not so much, do you like food? Because I like food. But more, but about food sacrificed to idols. And if you'll notice in our daily reading program, right, and even in, in our text today, Paul and the Word of God speaks a lot about idols. A lot about idols. And the worship of idols and and you know what? And Jacob, right, on Wednesday night, she's hiding the teraphim, the little idols under herself, and she's stolen them. So Paul talks a lot about idols. And then we come to chapter 11 to 14. He's going to address some issues in worship. 
Okay, he's going to say, let's talk about worship. And then the very last problem he's going to address is found in chapter 15, and it's the issue of the resurrection of Jesus. There were people in the church that said, no, nah, I don't think that happened. All right? I don't think that happened. Right? Because honestly, doesn't it take a lot of faith to believe that Jesus rose from the dead? I mean, it really does for us. Okay? Because you're going to stand before some people, and they're going to think you're crazy. Why? Well, here's what I believe. There was a virgin girl who got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. You did what? Yeah, that's what happened. And she gave forth to the Messiah. Who was the Messiah? Well, he was both God and man. What? You see how we believe. And then we believe that he grew up, he lived a sinless life, and he died on the cross for me. Not for himself. They, they, they had the cross for me. And then three days later, he was put in a tomb, and then he rose, he was alive, and then he went to heaven. You want to be a Christian too? <laughs> Seriously? Oh yeah, by the way, he walked on water and he fed people with a sack lunch. You see the point? We believe that, but, that's, but it's in us because it's supernatural that we believe that. It's supernatural because logically, that's silly. Logically, the world's going, really? Do you know what you believe? Yeah. I know what I believe. So Paul is addressing now the fourth problem, guys, the weekly gathering. Now, if you're taking notes, guys, before we jump into our text, I need to talk to you about four perspectives, if you will, four perspectives people have when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, we're talking, we're going to be talking about the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, tongues, interpretation of, I mean, these are all the gifts, okay, you understand that, but there are four approaches that people have. Now, the reason I want to give you these approaches before we jump into it is so that you can understand and, and each perspective, you can go, oh, okay, okay, but more importantly, here's why I want to give them to you so that you, you can live victoriously in your spiritual life. As people come in and they're broken and they're hurting and they're struggling and there's anxiety and depression, the gifts of the Spirit and the, and the possess, as the Holy Spirit possesses us gives us that victory, guys, to live, to live supernatural, amazing, wonderful, victorious lives. Amen? Amen. So, so this is why, okay? So we're going to get some knowledge here, but let's, let's, let's see. Okay, now, four perspectives. You go, but wait, 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 Ben. Before we get into those perspectives, could you do me a favor? What's that? Could you tell me what the purpose of the gifts are? Before we jump in, let me know what, what, why we're doing this. Okay, good, good, good question. Here's the purpose of the gifts, okay? The purpose of the gifts is to build each other up in the body of Christ. That's the purpose of the gifts. Look at your Bible, highlight verse 7, underline it. Notice what Paul says. He says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. That's what he's saying. He's saying, now listen, you need to understand that the gifts that we're about to talk about, the gifts we're about to dissect, the gifts we're going to go through in the next few weeks, he says, the purpose is that they're in your life is to show that in some way, each person for the good of all. That's what it's for. You know, now, why is that important? Because there are times when we go, well, the gifts are for me, and we're selfish, and I want all the gifts, and, and, and right? But, but he goes, no, no, God's going to give you a gift. God's going to give you a gift. Sister Melissa has a gift. She has a gift of encouragement, but the gift of encouragement isn't for her. She uses it to build up the body of Christ. That's the, the, you, that's the purpose of the gifts. Hey, I just wanted to call and tell you I thank you. so. And she just, that's a gift. 
If she kept the gift for herself, she could look in the mirror and go, hey, let's talk about me. Let's talk about you. How you doing? And she would try to encourage herself, but that the gift is for the body of Christ. Everybody with me? Okay? And, and, and so you go, okay, so what are, the, what are the purpose of the gifts? They're for to edify the body of Christ. Now, jump to verse 11 real quick, guys. As Paul writes, he writes in verse uh, 11, he says, But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Okay? So we know what the gifts are for, but we also need to know who gives the gifts. The gifts are for the profit of all, but... The body must be built up through each gift, through many who desire the gifts, not for themselves. So what's he saying? He's saying, listen, it's the Holy Spirit who's going to give you these gifts as he wills. There are some of us going, oh, I just pray. I just pray that, God, you would just give me the gift so I can speak in a heavenly language. And God says, no, that's, that, um, it's, it, it might, I might give you a different gift. I might give you a gift of helps, administration, a gift of wisdom, knowledge. And then sometimes he gives you this gift, and you're just like, you're just like, whoa. You might be asked to pray for somebody, and a word keeps coming to your mind, and the Lord's like, say that word. And you're like, mm-mm. You're right? Say that word. Mm-mm, Lord, this is silly. They're going to say, I'm pr- this is serious. God, I'm praying. And then you do, and they're like, oh, my goodness, yes. I re-. He just, and and it's, a, it's a gift of knowledge or a gift of wisdom, whatever, however God wants to use that. And then you're going, God, can we do this again? And he may not do that. Pastor Chuck speaks of the gift of healing. At one time, he went to somebody in a wheelchair, and he laid his hand, and he prayed, and he felt the power come through him. Boom, that guy was healed. And so Pastor Chuck's like, yes, let's do it. And the next time he prayed for somebody, he didn't get healed. Why? Because it's God who does that. So next time you're watching TV and you see the, the, the healings, you're like, it's, it has to be the Lord. Guys, we can't, we can't manifest that up. Well, what about tongues, Pastor? Well, the one thing we need to do is that is a gift, but I want you to think about this. I want you to think about spiritual gifts in this tense. You go, what's that? Paul writes, guys, on in chapter 14, a little, little later on, verse 18, he says this to us. He says, I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than y'all. Okay, it says you all, but I, we're from Texas, right? So y'all. And he says this, yet... In the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. And he's saying, spiritual gifts are amazing. But he says, listen, if I'm sitting here speaking 10,000 words in a tongue and you're like, oh, I don't understand what you're saying. He says, I'd rather minister to you so you can grow. That's what Paul's saying, right? And so he says, man, I, we should desire, guys, we should desire the gifts but not for selfish reasons, but to build up those in the body of Christ for the profit of all. Okay? For the profit of all. So, the purpose, what is the purpose? The purpose is for the profit of all, right? To build up the body of Christ. Two, it's the Holy Spirit is the one who gives these gifts as he wills. Everybody understands that, right? Okay. Now, let me quickly give you the four perspectives, guys, so you can understand that when it pertains to the gifts as we go through chapters 12 and 14, okay? Chapters 12 and 14. Number one, okay, there's a group of people. Some people call them sensationalists, okay, sensationalists. And there are a group of people who actually point out in chapter 13 that the gifts has ceased, okay? Look at look at verse 13, look at 8 through 10. It says this, 
Chapter 13, A through says, Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. So you have a group of people standing up right now and going, okay, see, once the Bible came, it's, they're done. We don't, we don't have the gifts of the Spirit anymore. They're sensationalists. Okay, they're going, we don't need them. We don't need them. Once we had the canon of Scripture, the gifts ceased. Once the apostles died, the gifts ceased. We don't need them anymore. Okay? And you go, okay, well, uh, explain that to me just, just a little bit. Well, their approach is the gifts were used for back then, not needed today. Okay? Well, you go, what's a sensationalist? Well, Webster defines it like this. A person who presents stories in a way that is intended to provoke public interest or excitement at the expense of accuracy. Thought, wow, you know, so they don't, they're not really digging through. They're just kind of going, hey, this is, this is what, this is what it's all about. Now, now think about this. They were sensationalists in Jesus' day, right? They were more interested, guys, in the miracles, but the miracles didn't leave them to being convicted or converted. They were just excited. Wow, I want to see a miracle, right? I want to see a miracle. Do a miracle, Jesus. This is cool. And even if they saw the miracle, it didn't provoke them to go, oh, that's Jesus. That's my God. I need to surrender my life to him. That's where the Antichrist is going to come in, guys. You and I, we're going to be gone, okay? But the Antichrist is going to come in, and he's going to blow people's mind with miracles. And people are going to go, no, that's the Messiah. That's God. And he's going to deceive many. We, we don't look to miracles, do we? We, we? Our foundation is the word of God. So if your pastor goes nuts, your foundation is God, not, not me. You, under, you understand that. Your foundation is the word of God. No matter what you see, no matter what the world is saying, hey, you've got to believe this, man. You've got to do, no, it's the word of God. Show me where it says in the word of God, and I'll, and I'll study it, and I'll make sure. It's got to be the word of God, okay? So Jesus had that. Well, today, guys, many p- people believe, again, the gifts are, they're not in operation, I, I get it. They, that's, this is where they're at, okay? Now, I'm not saying they're bad people, so don't be like, those people, they just, they just don't get all of the th- gifts of the Spirit. I'm saying this is where they believe. You guys tracking with me? Okay. So, I need to point this out to you really quick, though. If you're taking notes and, and, and you want to know, what Paul is referencing in chapter 13, 8 through 10, guys, is the reference to Jesus Christ's second coming. He said, that which is perfect has come. Okay, so he's referencing Jesus. He's not referencing the canon of Scripture. Okay, so listen, once Jesus comes to rule and reign on earth, there'll be no need for tongues or, or knowledge or wisdom. God's going to be on earth, reigning from Jerusalem in the second coming. But if we are going to live victoriously today, we need all that God has for us. We need that, okay? That's the first approach. The second approach is what I call the Corinthian approach. You go, what's the Corinthian approach? The Corinthians, guys, in every church service, every church service, their goal, their goal was to end with the gifts of the Spirit, okay? It was centered around the gifts. 
It was all about the gifts. Man, we got to have the gifts. Man, we got to be, the gifts need to be in operation. Come on. And what we would do is we'd work people up into a frenzy as we, as we want to manifest those gifts. You know, and, and so that's kind of the Corinthian exposure. So you could imagine a normal church service, guys, would be, the gifts would be in full operation with this crescendo at the end. And we would not feel like we had church unless, man, somebody spoke in tongues, a gift of knowledge, unless there was, you know, I mean, just craziness in here. That, that we, oh, man, we had church today, you know, and that's what they would do. They would again, and, and the problem was, guys, is that the gifts were in operation. The, the Corinthian church loved the gifts. The problem was is they, they began to not use them properly and, and abuse them, and so they were out of control. They were, they were actually trying to manifest stuff happen. And so what happens is Paul says, no, 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 no. I know you guys are excited about gifts, but the problem is, guys, is that you're not using the gifts properly, okay? Even some of the people in the church were abusing the gifts because there had been an overemphasis on the gifts in their weekly worship meetings, okay? So now you have somebody go, oh, okay. Ah, well, what do we, this is crazy. For instance, if the gifts, and you need to understand that the gifts are in operation. You understand that already, okay? Uh, the gifts of knowledge, the gifts of wisdom, they're actually operating through the pastor as he preaches the word of God. I can't tell you how many people go, you were talking to me. You were talking to me. I was like, I don't know what's going on. No, you, and, and I've even had people go to the pastor and go, did my wife tell you what was going on? Because you looked right at me and you said, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, I don't even know who your wife is. Guys, that's the gifts of the spirit moving and operating through the pastor. You understand that? So the gifts are in operation but they're done decently and in order. Why? Because number one, jot this down, the Holy Spirit will never interrupt himself. If the Holy Spirit is is moving through the pastor through the teaching of the word, nothing about the pastor, it's the gifts of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will not interrupt himself to say the same thing that the word of God says. Third group, third group. There's a group of people out there, guys, that approach this, that go, I don't understand the gifts I'm afraid of them. I don't want to deal with them. And so the third approach is they are really freaked out about them. And because they don't understand them, because they've never been taught the gifts, um, and they've only seen people abuse them, guess what? They want to stay far away from them. They're like, mm-mm, that ain't coming to my house, mm-mm. Running around crazy. I, I, mean, I just want to, this is crazy. And you know people will pick churches based upon what they see. Okay? What they see. And they'll come in and go, man, the spirit was really, was really moving. Well, how do you know? Well, there was people running back and forth and they were jumping around and they were, man, did you see them? And instead of the Bible, instead of a Bible study, we just played music and it just kept going and we were just, you know, and, and it's like, and, and they'll pick church. And, and, and other people who are there, they're just scared. They're like, what happened? What happened? I remember when I first got saved, guys, I remember going to this little Pentecostal. My best friend, was a, his dad was a Pentecostal pastor, and we went to this little revival church, and I'm sitting there. Nobody had ever told me about tongues. Nobody. So I'm sitting there, and I'm just having church. I'm just having church. And this person gets up and starts talking. I was like, what the heck happened to that person? How did, you know, I mean, who is he talking to? Why is he talking? 
it really, I mean, you understand. I was like, man, I don't know. Dude. And so I'll never forget that. I was, I was telling my friends, like, so what was that about? Oh, he spoke in tongues. I was like, tongues? Like more than one tongue? What, what, what are you talking about? I mean, like, well, it's, it's, you, know, you guys see what I'm saying? When, we, when we're not taught, we, we go, man, I'm, I'm going to stay away from that, man. I'm going to stay. And so we avoid the gifts, guys, because they, we don't understand them and we're afraid. But here's the thing. Paul says, man, it's important to Corinth, and so it's important to us. That's how the third. Now, a fourth group of people, they come in and go, man, we're open, and we want all that God has for us. Okay? And that's where I want Calvary Chapel to land, okay? That we're open to the gifts, and we want all that God has for us when done decently and in order. Okay? Because that's what the Word of God says. Paul says, I want you to do these, but decently and in order. Order. Guys, one of our prayers, if you go into my office, one of the prayers is that we as a church, a people, would believe in the miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit and earnestly desire them. That's one of our prayers that we are designed. You go, why? Because, guys, that's what's going to help us live victoriously each and every day. I know, I know we get overwhelmed thinking about our lives and thinking what's going to happen in the next 10 years, what's going to happen in the next 20 years, another decade, blah, blah, blah. But listen, all, all I want to do is live victorious one day at a time. And live victoriously. Lay my head down going, God, did I, I didn't want to dishonor you today. I wanted to please you. I wanted to love you. Forgive me, Lord. Right? And so that's kind of where we are, that we would be open to the gifts and desire them, walk in them, guys, embrace them, and use them for the building up of Christ. Now, let me just say this to you. I don't know if you know this or not, but if you are a born-again believer, God has given you a gift some of, you, some of you is given two gifts, three gifts, but I know he's given you at least one. What's the purpose? So that you lift up and you encourage the body of Christ. And I always tell the church this. I said, you know, and, and here's the thing, man. When you miss church, we're, we're, totally, we're, we're totally bummed because you have a gift. And, and you're ripping off the body of Christ when you're not here. Because you're, you're using your gift for people, and it's amazing. You go, Pastor, but I had pneumonia. Well, you still need to be here. I mean, come on. Come on. I wheel that hospital bed in here. Because, no, that's not what I'm saying. Because I know some of us, we have, we have a problem. You know, we, we get sick and stuff like that. But you guys know what I'm saying. If you're laying in bed and you go, oh, it's Sunday morning. Hmm. Sun out? Yeah. I don't know. Should I? Hmm. Guys, no, God has gifted you. Come, and, 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 and you, you go, Pastor, I didn't, really, I didn't really minister. Yeah, you did. You don't realize that it could have been a hug or a smile or just a kind word. That's all you, that's, you know? I didn't minister to anybody. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Okay, so by way of recap, guys, you have those who believe they're no longer needed. Can I get an Amen. So you grasp them. Believe that every service should end up with the use of these gifts. Believe that it's weird and want no part of them or believe in them and open to them all that God has. That's, that's the, how people are approaching this, okay? So if you want a little bit more background, here's what I want to do. I want to give you a little bit of outline of chapter 12 through 14 so you can just kind of, you can break it down in the subject of spiritual gifts, Okay. Number one, the, the book is written, remember, these chapters are written against the backdrop of divisions and moral looseness in the church. So you understand, he's, he's writing to a messy church, okay? In chapter 12, he deals with unity 
but he's going to talk about a diversity of gifts. Everybody got that? The Holy Spirit, we're one, we're one, but he says, but everybody's got a different gift. Everybody's got a different gift. Okay? In chapter 13, he's going to deal with the power of love. Now, one of the things he says, what's the evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit? Well, pastor, I grew up speaking, it was speaking in tongues. It's not. In chapter 13, it's the, the love that you have. That's what, that's what he's talking about. The, 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 the evidence of being baptized in God's Holy Spirit is you have love and you love people. The people you used to want to strangle, you now love. You know what I'm saying? It's changed. I've changed. I've changed. What happened? Well, I used to want to bop him in the nose. Now I just smile and love him. I don't know how that happened. It must be Jesus. Right? You have your own little revival. Hey, man. Hallelujah. Okay, chapter 14 deals with specific, specific gifts, guys, like of prophecy and of tongues. Now, that's where it's going to get good. Okay, it's because you can go, hey, are there modern-day prophets today? Uh, what is speaking in tongues? What is all that? We're going to go. We're going to go real. So you'll get a good foundation, and you won't be afraid. And you'll go, man. I want all that God has for me. But you'll also be able to fall, spot out false teachers based on. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long introduction, but we needed that because you got to have this as we move forward. So let's pick up our study in verse one. Paul's writing. He says, "Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren." I do not want you to be ignorant, okay? Now, everybody, you, you're probably following around in the New King James Version. If you have a New King James Version, uh, gifts is in italics. Do you guys see that? Why is it in italics? Because it wasn't there in the original writings. The writers put it in so it could flow a little bit easier in our language. You go, really? Yeah, again, here, here's what they're saying. They're saying, man, we want to get you to understand, and so, but we want to make sure you understand it's in italics so it wasn't there. You go, okay, so... What's he saying? Well, Paul's saying, here's the deal, right? Now, concerning spiritual. That's what he's saying. You go, what's spiritual? We have spiritual life, okay? We have, we have spiritual gifts God's going to use through us, and we have the fruit of the Spirit operating in us. Now, remember, it's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits of the Spirit. It's one, it's the fruit and, and manifested in all of those things that Paul talks about, okay? So he says, now, listen, brethren, concerning spirituals. Right? So Corinthian goes, okay, what, 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 what? He says, I don't want you to be ignorant. Now, here's what we got to understand, okay? Um, Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant, but in our, in our language, we, we automatically think of a negative connotation and we say, well, you're just ignorant, you're just ignorant. We just think that's dumb, right? We just think, I don't want you to be dumb. Well, no, that's not what Paul's saying. That's not what Paul's saying. Guys, if you have a pencil handy, you can just circle it because all it means is not to have information about. That's what it means. Paul says, I, I don't want you not to know, to be unaware, Paul says, or, or, or to be ignorant. Ignorant. Okay? Now, I want you to write here, it doesn't mean dumb or obtuse. Okay? It doesn't mean that. Paul's not going, boy, you guys are a bunch of dummies. You know, I don't want you to be a bunch of... No, he's not saying that. He's saying... Based on how much you've boasted on knowledge, he says, you don't have the right information when it comes to spiritual gifts. That's all. That's all. And we've got to read the word of God with the heart of Paul, with the heart of God, or else we can, we can pull, take it out of context and think Paul is beating us. Well, you, 
concerning spirituals, I don't want you to be ignorant. Why are you so ignorant? Right? You know, we could, that's not his heart. His heart is going, how can I say that I love you in one sentence and curse you on the next? He says, you can't. He says, now, concerning spirituals, oh, I don't want you to be, I want you to be aware, okay? And everybody goes, I want to be aware. I want to know, right? Do you remember that old ad, inquiring minds want to know, right? The silly magazine. Well, that's really us in the Bible. I want to know what God has for me. I want all that God has me. How many of you want all that God has for you? Every bit of it. I don't want to be, I don't want to go through heaven, man. And the Lord's like, man, what happened? Well, what do you mean what happened, Lord? Well, I had all this, I had these great plans for you, but oh, I was ignorant. I didn't, I didn't know you had plans for me. I didn't, he says, no, no, no. I want to, I want to see what God has for me. I want to ask, I want to see. I love, love, love Paul's heart, right? Because what is he going to do? Listen, and you need to jot this down. He's going to teach them the word of God. He's going to teach them the word of God, guys. He's going to talk about gifts, but he's going to teach them the word of God. Real spiritual victory comes only from God. In and of ourselves, we can't do anything, can we? In and of ourselves, we are just so, but we need God's spiritual. God's spiritual. So Paul says, listen, he says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. And everybody goes, amen. He goes, by the way, verse 2, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. And we go, wait a minute, (laughs) Paul, what did you just say? In other words, he goes, now listen, now here's the point. While you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along doing worship, worshiping speechless idols. That's what Paul says. Now, again, here's what you need to understand. You can circle that word, guys, in your Bibles for Gentiles or pagans if you have pagans because Paul's not going, man, you guys were just... Here's what he's saying. He literally called them the Greek term ethne, which means non-Jews. Non-Jews. He says... He says, now, now listen, you know that you non-Jews, guys, you were carried it before you got saved. Do you remember what you used to do? You were carried away by these, and the word dumb there is just mute, just mute. If you were here Wednesday night, we talked about that Wednesday night, right? We talked about where it says, you guys are building these idols. They have ears, but they can't hear. They have a mouth, but they can't speak. They have a nose, but they can't smell, and you're worshiping these idols. And so Paul goes, no, 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 listen, these are, these are idols that... That they were, and he goes, however you were led. However you were led. Now, here's what I love about Paul. Paul considers all believers part of God's family regardless, regardless of ethnicity, okay? Because he's saying whether you were a Gentile or a, non, or a Jew or whatever, we're all part of God's body. One commentary I read says this concerning the mute or dumb idols. It says, This gives the reason why the Corinthians needed instruction as to spiritual gifts. Namely, because, namely their past heathen state, whereas they had no experience of intelligent spiritual powers. When blind, ye went dumb. That's what he says, unquote. So what's he saying? He's going, remember, they're coming in with a lot of baggage, right? Worshiping idols. They didn't know how to deal with God's Holy Spirit. Okay? And he's going, okay, so... So this is what you got to do. And then in verse 3, Paul says, therefore, look at that, okay? And whenever we see a therefore, we need to go back to see what it's there for, okay? So we need to go back to the previous verse. Paul says, therefore, he's going to give us some application. So based on verse 2, 
Paul appears to be addressing the Corinthian believers' concern about spirit-inspired speech and worship. He says, now, remember, okay, so now Paul's not just guessing based upon the service. Remember, someone had written to him and said, man, we're going to church and it's just getting crazy with all the spirits and I don't think people really understand. And he goes, Paul says, okay, let me address that. Now, listen, I don't want you to be ignorant, guys. Remember before you got saved, how how it was and and how you were worshiping, you know, these mute idols and how you were doing this? He says, I don't want you being aware because I got to share something with you. I got to hear some application. You ready? And then he says, therefore, what does he say? I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And everybody goes, oh, what? Right? In other words, Paul is saying, listen, I want to reassure you that no one claiming to speak under the influence of the Holy Spirit is, is able to blaspheme against God. There's no way. It, doesn't it make you think some of the church services were crazy? I mean, how, how crazy did it get? You know, where. But then again, we could take the word blaspheme and we could dissect it into, I mean, there's a lot of ways we blaspheme God, isn't there? We don't necessarily have to come out and curse God, but... And so Paul says, now listen, under the right power of the Holy Spirit, under, done decently and in order, he says, there's no way that you'd be able to say, right, Jesus is cursed. He says, and matter of fact, you couldn't even say Jesus is Lord unless you have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. Paul says that. So what's Paul doing? Well, guys, if you're taking note, do you see how beautiful he does? Okay. He says, now listen, first, verse one, I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you guys to be aware. He says, now remember where you, where you came from. This is, why, this is why you've got some issues in the church. He says, therefore, and he gives us some application. What's the application? The application is he's setting us up for the teaching that he's going to come through, okay? He's setting us up, reminding us of this one principle. You go, what's that? Reminding us that true spiritual gifts come from God's Holy Spirit. He says, I'm, I'm just setting you up. This is, it's God who gives, who gives the, the gifts. It's God who gives the gifts. And you go, how? He says, no man speaking by the Spirit calls Jesus accursed. And no man by the Holy Spirit can say Jesus is Lord. I don't know about you, but that just warms my heart. Why? Because, man, I, I just, I just, there are times when I, when I, I struggle and I doubt and, 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 I can, and, and I just, you know, my Christianity, but I know that I love God and I know the Holy Spirit lives in me because I couldn't say praise the Lord or to worship Jesus without God's Holy Spirit in us, guys. And so even though we stumble, even though we fall, even though we make mistakes, even though we make bad choices, and when we come to the throne room, we say, man, Jesus is still my God. He's my Lord. He says, okay, the Holy Spirit is still in us. I, don't you just love that? Why? It takes a lot for God's Holy Spirit to depart from us if we don't want him. He's a gentleman. If you say, get out, he'll get out. But, but just making mistakes, he's like, no, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to hold on to you. I'm going to hold on to you. So, as we go through, guys, the gifts, 
as we go through, and, and here's what we're going to do in the, next, in the next few weeks. We're just going to go through, and we're going to dissect each gift. We're going to tell you what it is and how it, how it edifies the body. It's going to be so, so amazing, okay? As we go through, remember, it's a work of God's Holy Spirit. If you go, Ben, I've never had that gift. I've never had the gift of knowledge. I've never been able to use the gift of wisdom. I just didn't have it. I never had the gift of interpretation. I just, I don't know. I've never spoken tongues. I just don't have that gift. It's okay because it's God's Holy Spirit. And he has given you different gifts. That's the beauty of this. He's given us different gifts for the edification of the body. And so he might give us the gifts of, really, it's called the gifts of help. You know what the gifts of help are? I'll just show up and I'll, and I'll serve. I'm just here to serve. What's your gift? I just serve whatever you need. It's a gift of helps. Some of you have the gift of administration. It's like, man, no, I can organize this real well and, and, and get it and, and, and have all of this stuff. I mean, it's cool. That's a gift, but it's for the body of Christ. Other you, other, I mean, other you are prayer warriors. Prayer warriors. You guys love to pray, and you can pray with people. That's your gift. You're like, I can't do much, but I can pray. I can pray. Let me pray with you. And so there's some great gifts we're just going to go through. It's going to be amazing. But I want to close, guys, and ask the worship team as they come back up. I want to close, or maybe it's just Tall coming back up. I'm not sure. But anyway, as we close, here's what we need to understand. When we use the gifts properly, what will happen to our church? When we use the gifts properly, what will happen to our church? Number one, the gifts of the Spirit used will create, first and foremost, a beautiful, nurturing, healing culture in our church. That's the first thing. Okay? People will feel like they're home. People will feel like they're family. It'll be healing. And again... We're not sitting here going, well, don't go to that church and don't go there. You need to come here. No, what I'm saying is that as the gifts are being used in our, we're going to lift up the body and it's going to create just a beautiful, beautiful healing. It's going to cause our church to do something else. You go, what's that? It's going to cause our church, guys, the, the, the gifts of the Spirit is going to cause us to, um, for lack of a better word, organically be generous with our resources and evangelistic. What will happen is the gifts are going to prompt us to be like, man, we need to give. We need to give. We need to give. Uh, I'm going to give of myself. I'm going to give of my time, my energy, my money. I'm going to give of my resources, whatever we need. And then we're going to have outreach. We're going to be, we're going to be reaching out to those that we love. Evangelistic. That's what's going to happen because it's a work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word today and the truth in your word. We love you so much, Jesus. We now worship you Lord, as an anthem to your goodness in our life. So, Lord, bless our time together. And we thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com.
Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.